Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. In 2011, Connecticut made big changes to higher education, merging all 17 of its state colleges and universities into one system. Given the state's continuing budget problems, what's next? Later on, we'll focus on the path forward at the four state universities, Central, Southern, Eastern, and Western Connecticut. First, on Thursday, the Board of Regents will consider a consolidation plan that will dramatically change Connecticut's community colleges. There are 12 throughout the state. Today, where we live, the president of the Connecticut State College at Colleges and University System is in studio to answer our questions and yours. The number 860-275-7266. Email where we live at WMPR.org. And as always, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. I'm going to welcome Mark Ojakian back to the studios. As I mentioned, he is the president of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities System. Mark, thanks for coming in. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, well, let's talk about this overhaul, mm-hmm. the system as a whole, where it gets its money to operate, and what has been changing. Well, the system uh, gets its, uh, its money to operate in, in two ways. Uh, one is through state support. Uh, but I think about 59% of the money that comes into the community colleges comes from uh, general fund appropriations uh, from the state. And that's been declining year over year over year. And the rest of the support comes from students and parents through uh, tuition and fees. And so as we have seen a decline in state support, um, we have had to consider some other options for how to operate the community college system so that it will remain sustainable into the future. And so that is what has driven uh, the Board of Regents to direct me to come up with a plan for a long-term viable community college system. Let's let's talk specifically about community colleges Mm -hmm. under this plan that I believe will be voted on this week by the Board of Regents. Well, this week we're hoping the board will endorse um, the uh, administrative leadership structure. We still have a lot of work to do um, over the over the um, uh, coming months, but it is uh, my hope that they will uh, support uh, what we are uh, proposing, which is one accredited community college with three regional presidents and 12 campuses. I think the key to understand here is that under this proposal, all campuses and satellite campuses will remain open. So um, at, at a time when we're looking at drastic reductions in our budget, raising tuition by double digits, digits is not an option for me. And closing a campus is not an option for me because what you will have is students going to a sp- specific campus who will no longer be able to pursue their education. Uh, so you talked about this one single entity. So that would be the Community College of Connecticut and the 12 12- Current community colleges would become branches. Well, they would become they would become standalone campuses, but there would be one institution that would be accredited. Um, under the scenario, uh, we we look to save uh, twenty eight million dollars in the short term, 
And uh, our hope is that this will put our system on a much more sustainable path into the future. When we went to the Finance Committee this week, and there's a full financial presentation on our website, um, what was most compelling was a chart which showed if we did nothing, what our financial position would be, and if we implemented this component of students first, what our financial position would be. And under the scenario of doing nothing, in fiscal year 2020, which begins July of 19, the community colleges, <clears throat> excuse me, will have exhausted their reserves and be in a negative position. And that negative position goes from 20, $23 million in the hole to $62 million in the hole by 2022. If we are to implement this proposal, then in 2020, you will start to see the financial position improving, and we'll be able to actually replenish our reserves and I think start to refocus our resources on student support services at the campuses. You mentioned this would save, it's projected to save $28 million. Walk us through the, those savings. How, do you, how are you going to get to that point? Well, we're, we're going to get to that point by um, streamlining the leadership structure um, of the 12 into one. So we will actually reduce the number of presidents. We will reduce the number of senior officials at each campus. It's important to note that faculty positions and student support service positions are untouched by this proposal. And so when you have um, a workforce where 80% of your costs are personnel and 95% of those costs are in collective bargaining units, and only 300 people throughout the system are in management confidential positions, you have to look to reducing the highest level positions um, you know, that, you, that you can. I think in the state the size of Connecticut that we can find a better way to operate the community colleges so that we are not hurting the students who are currently going there. But isn't the strength of a community college that they really are invested in that community, they know mm -hmm. the students, they know the people, um, and there is a sense that if they need help, whether it's financial aid, that there's going to be someone that can be responsive. If you talk about this one single uh, Connecticut or community college of Connecticut, um, is, there, and, and is there concern? We've heard that in the past that this, this will be eroded. And, and, and I'm, I'm here this morning to say that that is not the case. You know, even though there are, you know, critics out there, and I, and I respect their opinions, um, who will say that this will diminish the education, the goal of this is to put more resources on the campus to actually interact with the students. You know, I make a point of traveling to campuses and meeting with students and hearing from them what their goals are, what their dreams are, and what their obstacles are to achieving their education. And, and the fact that there aren't enough functional, there are enough people on campus to actually work with the students, whether it's financial aid, whether it's student advisors, whether it's student success centers, we need to bolster those areas. And my plan does nothing to touch those areas. What my plan says is, why can't a regional president have three or four institutions? Why can't they travel back and forth to the institutions? Foundations are untouched by this. Local community connections are untouched by this. 
And um, it's my hope that we will continue to see students being able to access greater services on their campus. And I've, I, you know, I've, I'm sitting here today with a, with a sling on because I had rotator cuff surgery. And my, one of the medical assistants in my office just came in and, and talked to me and about a, a challenge she was having, finding an advisor on a campus so she could go back to school. That's not something we should be proud of. We need to be working to find more support service personnel to be able to work with the students. Marco Jakins in studio with us here on Where We Live Today, president of the Connecticut State Colleges and University System. We're talking about a plan uh, to merge all 12 of the community colleges under one entity, the uh, Community College of Connecticut. Um, if you have a reaction to this plan, whether you're a staff member, faculty, or a student, we want to hear from you, 860-275-7266. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. I wanted to welcome into the conversation now Lois Amy, president of the Norwalk Community College Senate, Director of Educational Technology at Norwalk. Uh, Lois, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I understand your college senate, along with Capitol, Three Rivers, Gateway, and Tungsis, all voted to object this consolidation plan. Walk us through your concerns. Um, We have a number of concerns. One of our larger concerns is the loss of accreditation um, our location its popul- and, and its population are determining factors in what we do and how we do it. Under this plan, if we lose our accreditation, when we lose our accreditation, we will lose the ability to do any of the above. Accreditation gives us the ability to make the decisions that are right for our students and our community. If we lose that, we can no longer effectively serve the needs of students and institutions in our own backyard. If you have a 12-campus um, branches of one large Connecticut community college, it becomes an unwieldy institution that would be unable to meet the local needs of its branches because of the sheer size and breadth of it. Let me get Mark. Uh, let me get Mark to respond to your um, specific concern here, and we'll move on once we hear from Mark or Jake in about losing individual accreditation. Well, first of all, I, Lois, welcome um, again, and, and Lois and I have had many conversations, um, you know, on this issue, and we. You know, we basically have a fundamental disagreement on, on, on how this is uh, proposed to work. Um, she's right. There will be one accreditation for one institution. But all the decisions that are made um, on students that are served, programs that are maintained, uh, workforce development areas that are enhanced, those will all be made and continue to be made at the local, at the local level. So um, while there may be one level of administration over 12 institutions, um, my, my thought is that we need to make choices and prioritize where we spend our resources. And so we can no longer do all things that we used to do in the past. So are we going to focus our resources on student support services or are we going to support – are we going to – focus our resources on layers of administration. Lois, I'll have you respond to um, Mark's... uh, Um, I would have to say that uh, when Mark was talking earlier about uh, a student who couldn't find an advisor, I, I, and I know other faculty as well, advise my students all the time in through my classes after class. I, I talk to them about 
what they're doing, how they're doing it, where they're going, what kind of majors, are they interested in transferring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I don't see that somebody who is looking for an advisor has a difficult time finding one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel that, the, and I think we all feel here, that if decisions are being made in a place other than our service area, then they're being made by people who don't understand our service area and our students. Walk us through the students that you have at Norwalk, the specialized programs you have that could be in danger, um, in your view, if this uh, consolidation goes through, Lois. Well, I can give you a couple. One of them is um, we have a, uh, we just introduced, quite frankly, a computer program, web design program that was geared that is geared specifically to um, our service area. We have IBM in our backyard and so forth, and our, the chair of our computer science department worked um, with them to develop this, this program. In uh, Manchester, they have a similar program, but it's not the same. It's not the same curriculum because they geared it towards um, companies in, in their service area. So, so if I could just respond. So, so the the focus of of this initiative is not to change what Lois is referring to. So, those specialized accredited programs would continue to be accredited institution by institution, campus by campus, and we're working with our accrediting body to make sure that that, in fact, is the case. Decisions on how to serve the local service area will continue to be made by that local campus. What, what, what I'm concerned about, and, and I think Lois is right, faculty does an outstanding job of working with their students. And they work hard in the classroom. They, they take on more than is required of them. And they really do advise and mentor their students. But when you have diminishing resources, which threaten to reduce and close libraries, on weekends. I was just reading an article where students are now studying for finals, and at one of the institutions, the library is not open. How is that helpful to students completing their education? One of the things, Lois talks about her early college program, which is very successful in partnership with IBM. Continued budget cuts, as we're seeing now, and we could see more if we are impacted by the deficit mitigation plan that has to come out, then they might have to cut funding for their early college program. Lois, I wanted to get your take on this, uh, you know, changing up the administration. Again, there would be a, uh, looks like a a chancellor for the Community College of Connecticut. Then you'd have regional presidents. So your particular community college at Norwalk would be under one region. The the campus uh, president at, or the college president there, do they then get demoted to vice president? I mean, I'm just curious about if you could walk us through your understanding of the, the system. Yeah, from looking at the organization charts, and I have to say that they are a little complicated to figure out, but it looks like there's a regional president, there's um, uh, a vice president on a particular campus, there's a dean of academic affairs, there's also an individual, an associate dean that takes over the financial components, and that's where we're saying those people are still in place for us to retain our accreditation. So we're not understanding why doing all of this has to involve losing our accreditation on top of that. Um, I'm looking at um, the shared governance structure that's been proposed, and right now 
I will tell you the NCC College Senate is made up of 32 representatives who represent every department on our campus. The proposed shared governance structure would limit representation to one to two individuals from each campus. How can one, in, one to two individuals possibly understand and represent every single department and function on a campus? Uh, Lois, we're, um, we're short on time. I want to have Marco Jakian respond. Again, this question of why they have to lose accreditation um, under this, this consolidation. Plan. Well, there, there's very specific guidelines for, uh, for accreditation, and there's a number of positions that have to uh, be in place in order to main, in order to to get accreditation and maintain accreditation, and as, and is my um, <clears throat> um, concern that keeping the current levels of administration in place that would then parallel ac- accreditation um, would not do anything to streamline operations and provide a different model, which would then allow us to keep all of the campus is open. I think, Lucy, the important thing to understand is this is about choices. So do I, as a president who's responsible for 55,000 community college students, do I pick and choose which campuses are going to stay open, which campuses are going to be able to maintain certain programs, or do I try to design a new system where all of the students can continue to go to the campuses that they currently go to and provide them with guided pathways to complete their education. I want to thank uh, uh, Lois, uh, Amy, again, president of the Norwalk Community College Senate, director of educational technology at Norwalk Community College. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Marco Jakian's with us as we talk about a proposed plan to merge Connecticut's 12 community colleges into one single community college of Connecticut. Coming up, we're going to hear from students and take your calls, your questions and concerns. Again, what do you think about a plan to merge the state's 12 community colleges? And do you believe this consolidation will improve or take away from the experience of students and the specialties developed within these community colleges throughout the state. Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. We're talking about a plan to be voted on later this week by the Board of Regents. It calls on merging Connecticut's 12 community colleges into one single community college of Connecticut. The merger is expected to see $28 million in savings, heavily reliant on cuts to administration at each campus. How will this impact the more than 50,000 students in the community college system? Uh, Joining the conversation now is Raven Dillon. She's a student and president of student government at Three Rivers Community College in Norwich. Raven, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. We just have a few minutes, Raven. Walk us through your concerns. I have two main concerns, one of which is the allocation of resources between the 12 community colleges, specifically in regards to LGBTQ and people of color students, which are frequently ignored at a systemic level. And then my second concern is workloads for the consolidated behind-the-scenes employees, um, such as deans, accountants, things like that. It's easy to discredit the amount of work that they do or see administration as above the ground floor of a college, but these people really do make our campuses run. And I'm afraid that by systemically cutting back the amount of administration we have between these 12 colleges, it will cause disastrous future implications for all of our Connecticut education. Marco Jakian? Well, Raven, good morning. It's nice to, uh, nice to be on with you. <laughs> um, uh, Raven was, was, was part of a group of, nor- of uh, students from Three Rivers that traveled down to Capitol for a webinar I did recently. 
Um, Raven, I, I, I think you know my commitment to um, to all students, but especially uh, students in the queer community and also students of color. Um, and that is going to continue. And we, what we are looking to do is provide more services to underrepresented and marginalized students on the campuses. So you've, you have that commitment from me, um, okay. and I will continue to honor that commitment. In terms of your second point, um, I think what we're looking to do is to not discredit all of the hard work that people are currently doing, but provide a different way of, of, of providing those resources. So I'm, I'm talking about the, um, the management folks at the highest level. Um, we're talking, if you're talking about financial aid officers, if you're talking about counselors, if you're talking about accountants, if you're talking about student success center employees, those will all be maintained, quite honestly. And my goal is once the system is sustainable in the future is to provide more resources in those areas. So I've heard your concerns and the concerns of your fellow students loud and clear um, and um, I think you know that I take your concerns seriously um, and we'll, we'll make sure that all of your concerns are addressed as this moves forward. Marco Jakey is president of the Connecticut State Colleges and University System. Uh, Mark, a lot of questions we're seeing on social media uh, relate to cutting administration. Specifically, uh, people are wondering uh, why you can't make more cuts to the system office here in Hartford. Well, the, first of all, the system office has already been cut. Um, since, you know, since the merger, we've seen um, uh, the number of employees at the system office shrink and shrink and shrink. And as a matter of fact, we just recently um, downsized my office more because I believe we need to lead by example. By how much? Uh, we, we uh, by eight individuals um, who are all management confidential. I think the important thing to also note is there's a job security uh, provision in the currently negotiated CBAC agreement which precludes us from making worse for workforce reductions in um, those areas that are covered by collective bargaining agreements, which I will continue to honor. So we continue to lead by example. Some of the employees we do have at the system office do service work for the community colleges, like our IT department. Our IT department provides services to all 12 community colleges. Under the proposal, that I am moving forward. You will see employees moving from the system office to the campus level to provide, to continue to provide the services that they currently do provide. So I think it's a, uh, a misnomer to think that the system office is this big and bloated organization that provides you know, no service at all to the, um, to the colleges. Uh, we have another call coming in. Uh, Savannah is calling from Manchester Community College. Savannah, we have a couple minutes. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, good to be with you this morning. I just had a quick question. Um, so I'm currently enrolled at MCC for the year environmental science program. And um, I'm halfway through the program, and I was curious, with this new consolidation, are the requirements for my environmental science associates, is that going to change? No. <laughs> that, that's oh, the easiest awesome. question I got all morning, Savannah. You know, thank you for that. Um, no, the, what, what you are currently enrolled in will remain the same. Um, and we will, you know, in the future, uh, engage in a process working with faculty and administrative, uh, I'm sorry, academic leaders um, to find maybe some commonality around programs that exist. 
um, to make sure that if you wanted to transfer from from your institution to another one, that all your credits would be accepted. Because right now, it's not a guarantee that all credits from one community college will be accepted at another community college. Um, but but you are you are safe, Savannah. Continue to um, to work uh, towards your associates, and nothing will change for you. Thank you, Savannah, uh, for your question. Um, I wanted to go back to Raven again, who was calling from uh, Three Rivers Community College. Earlier, Raven, I had um, read a comment from a listener who worries about uh, the fact that this proposal would take the community out of community colleges. Are you confident that the needs of students will be addressed despite this very centralized uh, system that will be put in place? I have to admit that I am not altogether confident in the fact that the individual aspect of each community colleges will be maintained simply because when you attempt a merger at this scale, several of our states have, and they've reached some issues in campus consolidations, especially considering our community colleges in Connecticut are highly specialized. Here at Three Rivers, we have casino management uh, degree programs because we have Foxwoods and uh, Mohegan right in our backyard. We have a fantastic nuclear millstone program. Um, So I am really concerned that individualized programs, our classes, certificates, training for each campus won't be maintained. And I realize that that can be a priority in a proposal, and yet the implementation of that proposal can be very different. Well, I think, Raven, I think you're right. That is a priority. And I think as we move forward to implement this, if the board endorses uh, the initiative on on Thursday, uh, my commitment is is to make sure that we maintain um, those 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 programs and to make sure that we have the courses and the classes in place so students can complete their education. Uh, the last time I was at your institution, a student came up to me and said he was not able to get the course he needed to complete his education and graduate in the spring. We need to find better ways to help our students complete their education. We need to change so students have to alter their behavior. How quickly would this, if this plan is uh, given the green light by the Board of Regents, how quickly will the accreditation be awarded? Are there concerns that that may not happen? Well, we are we are working very closely with our accrediting body, and we um, expect to have a discussion and a review and approval by this June. Um, as you as you may know, the president of the our, our accrediting body, NIASC, recently pointed out that this initiative is unprecedented in New England and bold, and it's a bold way to help serve students into the future. I want to thank Raven Dillon again, student at Three Rivers Community College in Norwich. The president of the Connecticut Colleges and University System, Marco Jakin, will stay with us as we continue to talk about changes uh, in the state colleges and university system. Join the conversation, 860-275-7266. We'll continue to take your calls after a short five-minute break. That's because it's WNPR's end-of-the-year fundraising campaign. If you appreciate the conversations we have here on Where We Live, support the show. Here are two of my colleagues to tell you how. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. Coming up Thursday, 10 months after the tragic death of a Hartford teenager, look at what's being done to safeguard the lives of children with intellectual and developmental disabilities. On Thursday, the Connecticut Child Advocate will join us with details on her investigation. Plus, will the new year bring long-awaited changes to the state juvenile justice system? We'll get the latest on plans to close the controversial Connecticut Juvenile Training School in Middletown. That's Thursday.
Now, today we've been talking about a proposal to merge Connecticut's 12 community colleges into one community college of Connecticut uh, for a projected savings of $28 million. In studio with us is Marco Jakian, president of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities System. Um, I wanted to bring into the conversation another uh, student. Uh, Sarah is calling from Norwalk. Sarah, go ahead with your question. Um, hello. Good morning. I have a question about so my major. If I graduate from a war community college, what is that going to affect myself like going ahead? Sarah, thank you. Thank you for the question. Um, Nothing will um, uh, inhibit you from moving forward. Uh, You will get your degree from Norwalk. And um, as I have for the past two years in 95 degree heat, I hope to be there again to watch you walk across the stage. But nothing in this proposal will affect your education, your major, and you will have, I think, endless opportunities once you do receive that associate's degree. So hang in there. Another student from Norwalk's calling. Uh, Lillian, go ahead with your question. Thank you very much. I, I have a class that ends at 10 p.m., and I want to know about how these classes are going to be like because I live right around the corner, so it's so convenient for some of us to come in as parents to be in school. So I just want to know what will happen to that. So you're worried about whether night classes will still continue at Norwalk? You know, you know. Thank you so much for for that question, um, because um, I think I think night classes are critical, especially given given the student a population that we have coming to our community colleges. So um, those decisions will be made at the local level, uh, depending on the class schedule. I would like to see actually um, more night classes and more classes on the weekends. Um, So we can take advantage of working students um, who cannot get to class during the week. Uh, Why not have more classes on the weekends? That'll increase our enrollment. Um, and provide much-needed revenue to our system. So I always like to think out of the box um, and try to find new ways of doing things. Uh, this is where we live. Again, I'm Marco Jakians with us, president of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities System. If you have a question, 860-275-7266. I wanted to go back to just uh, the financial picture of the state, Mark. We know that uh, Connecticut's budget problems aren't going to go away anytime soon. And uh, you're, you had mentioned that, you know, within the college system, your hands are tied because of union contracts of how to uh, decrease the workforce. And so this consolidation of the uh, Connecticut Community Colleges system, uh, you have said, will uh, help continue uh, this level of education without hurting students. But is this kicking the problem down the road come 2022? First of all, I think think this this is putting in place um, a financial model that will be sustainable into the future. And in 2022, um, because we will have wage increases for all uh, unionized um, in, in employees, we see um, that the financial position might not be in as good a situation. Um, at that point, um, we're hoping that through attrition, we'll be able to achieve workforce reductions in other areas. But if we have to reduce the workforce in other ways in 2022, um, then we will um, have to have to do that. I think the, the, the other important thing to note is that we have consciously made decisions not to raise tuition by an amount that students can't afford. And if we were to take our current financial situation 
and balance it on the back of students and their families, over the next five years, you could see a tuition increase up to 33%. That would mean that our current tuition of about $4,700 for a full-time student would go up to $10,000. Who would be able to afford to go to one of our community colleges for that amount? So this is about choices. It's about, about not harming students or their families in terms of tuition, but finding a way to continue to provide and enhance the services that students need on their campuses to be successful. We've been focusing on the community college system. There's also four state universities under um, this system that you lead, as well as Charter uh, Oak, Charter Oak, Charter Oak state, state College. college. Correct. What happens to them? Well, um, we, we have another uh, strategy, which the board adopted in April, which, which talked about administrative consolidation. And that's taking some of the administrative functions that are provided throughout all 17 institutions and finding a better way to streamline them. So, for example, in purchasing, in, in processing of student financial aid applications, in terms of facilities management, institutional research. And we've had working groups that have been in place since April coming up with recommendations. That yields um, about a, a $13 million savings um, in, the, you know, in the short term, and we'll be bringing uh, that consolidation piece uh, back to the board. They've already seen some preliminary numbers, but back to the board um, in, in February. But I continue to believe that we don't need to continue to do purchasing 17 different ways. We are not taking advantage of our bulk purchasing power and saving much-needed dollars to put back into the classroom and into student services. William Lugo was joining our conversation, professor of sociology and criminology at Eastern Connecticut State University, also member of the faculty advisory board to the Board of Regents. Uh, William, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, so I mentioned that you're a member of this faculty advisory board. What are you hearing from uh, other colleagues uh, and students at Eastern? I think it's, it's sort of a mixed bag, right? I think people are concerned. They're not sure what to expect. Um, I know there's concern about hitting those savings targets, and if we if we don't hit those savings targets, then um, what does that mean, right? So just um, there's a little bit of uneasiness about that. Uh, Mark, well, uh, William, it's uh, nice to talk to you this morning, um, yeah. and I've committed to the board that we will hit those savings targets. So I know there's uneasiness, and I that's to be expected. Anytime you have change of this magnitude, um, there is going to be you know questions, concerns. Um, as you know, I've tried to address those as I've traveled to town halls around the state many, many times. Um, but I made a commitment uh, to the board that we would hit those savings targets, and I in you know I intend to uh, keep those commitments. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, William, uh, because you're at a state university, we're hearing about administrative cuts uh, within uh, certain uh, departments. Again, uh, again, the, the whole point is to not impact uh, uh, students. But how do you, uh, are you worried at all about how this will impact the work you're doing? Definitely. I mean, we are, we're, we're worried. We've, we've sort of felt that, you know, we've been cut year after year for the last several years and um, you know you I was department chair for five years and you see your your department budget being cut year after year and I think we've we've seen a lot of uh, 
administrative cuts over the years. Um, we have, you know, faculty lines, you know, we, we want to fill. So um, we are worried about, you know, further cuts and, and how will those will, will impact student services. So, so definitely, yeah, I mean, it's, it's there. And I, th- I think William makes a, makes a very good point. I'm, the state support for both our universities and our colleges continues to decline. And when that happens, you know, I don't, I don't cut the universities just because. Um, you know, we have to, we have to um, fund our universities based on what we get from the legislature and also what we get from tuition and fees. And I think, as I said before, I'm a big believer in not balancing our financial problems on the backs of students and their families who, in the case of the universities, are, are, are working families, are first-generation students. And so um, I'm going to keep that commitment not to increase tuition so that we don't price our Connecticut residents out of our public university market. Steve's calling from Three Rivers. Uh, Steve, go ahead with your question. Okay. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Jakian. Uh, I am a sociology professor at Three Rivers. I'm also the chair of the task force at Overseas Our Liberal Arts and Sciences and General Studies degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially the liberal arts and sciences degree is uh, the degree students use who are interested mainly in transferring to four-year institutions. But we uh, designed that degree uh, for students to, to transfer to Eastern Connecticut State and Central Connecticut and Yukon. That's mostly where our students go to. But other community colleges may design their liberal arts and sciences degrees differently based on the institution their, their students tend to transfer to. So I have concerns, uh, you know, how, when we, if and we consolidate, how are we going to have one liberal arts and science degree that works effectively across all the different institutions when students from these different institutions uh, tend to transfer to different places, and these places often have different requirements. Even of our, even our Connecticut State universities have different requirements, and they're not being forced to sort of standardize them in any way that would be convenient to us. So I, I'm just curious about how the liberal arts and science and general studies degrees would be impacted under a general stu- under a consolidation. Well, thank you. You know, thank you for that question, and, and I'll make a couple. Of, of points. First of all, I'm a big believer in liberal arts education. I'm a product of liberal arts education um, uh, with, a, with a degree in history. And um, what, what, what I can say is, number one, you know, through our transfer and articulation pathway program and, and 28 majors of areas of study, we now have seamless transfer from our community colleges to our state universities. And a lot of that hard work was done and led by faculty. And I'm very proud that of that accomplishment, but it wasn't my accomplishment, it was the accomplishment of faculty at our universities and at our community colleges. The second phase of this, um, you know, Students First initiative will t- to once again bring together faculty and academic leaders to have a conversation about programs. I think you're right, your program was designed specifically to transfer to those institutions, while others may have been um, designed to transfer to their institutions within their geographic area. So this isn't about one size fits all. This is about having faculty 
leaders come together within certain disciplines to have a conversation about what makes sense in terms of commonality of program and what does not. So I'm going to leave that to the faculty and the academic leaders uh, to come up with a process uh, for doing that. But what you are doing feeds right into UConn and, and, and Eastern, um, and you all do a great job there at Three Rivers, and it's not the intention to disrupt that at all. Um, we just have a couple of minutes left, uh, Mark, and, and I'm curious how much of uh, you know the concern of this plan and hoping for projected savings down the line, if that's been muddied up with the last time the system was consolidated back in 2011 and some of the promises of savings that were going to be made when you had the community colleges and the four state universities and Charter Oak all under this one umbrella. I, listen, I, I I think the the initial consolidation in 2011 was never implemented the way that it should have been. And I think, you know, many of your listeners will remember that there were leadership issues um, over the past uh, four years before I came on board. And so I think a lot of this hard work could have been done and should have been done back in 2011 and 2012. I think the board asked me to take on this leadership role because I think they had confidence that I could see what a future might look like and be able to implement it to benefit our students. So I think a lot of this is mistrust that has occurred. I've tried to you know, go to as many campuses as I can to um, uh, talk to folks, both at the faculty and the administrative and at the student level. I continue to receive great comments from faculty and staff on campuses with some ideas on how to nuance this proposal. And thank you all very much for doing that. And I will continue to listen as time goes forward. Mark Ajakian is president of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities System. It won't be the last time you're on our show as we move <laughs> forward. But I, I do appreciate you taking time thank to you, answer Lucy. our questions and our listeners' calls. Also, thanks to William Lugo, professor of sociology and criminology at Eastern Connecticut, member of the faculty advisory board to the Board of Regents. Uh, today's show produced by Carmen Baskoff. Thanks to Kion Wolf and Lydia Brown. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Again, if you appreciate this opportunity to ask policymakers these kinds of questions and joining in on the conversation, and support where we live. Here's the number. 888-720-9677.